Are you ready for battle? Can you name and define your battle? And when and if you do, do you know what tools to use, what to speak to overcome those battles? Well, stay with me. Today, we're going to talk about it. Hey, friend, welcome to the Shattered in the Beautiful podcast. I'm Jeannie Smith. If your heart is hurting, no matter what your circumstances are, there is only one healer. Through biblical content, I will teach you how to experience whole healing and soar into great purpose. So let's get into today's show. Grab your favorite coffee, journal, and Bible. It's time to dig in and unwrap your gift. Hey friends, this is Jeannie Smith. Welcome back to the Shattered in the Beautiful podcast. Well, today we're going to be talking about our battles, the battles that we face and how to overcome them. Now, as we begin to jump into this topic, if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Ephesians. We're going to be looking at Ephesians today, and I want to read Ephesians chapter 6. Now, Ephesians chapter 6 is defines really the armor of God. Now, if you grew up in church and Sunday school like I did, we learned about the armor of God at a very young age. And you may remember even cutting out some of the pieces like the helmet of salvation or the shield of faith, the belt of truth, and coloring them and pasting them on your wall or in a notebook or whatever it may be. We learned little songs and hymns that taught us what the armor of God was. And I wonder did we take that same simple truth about the armor of God into our adulthood? You know, the armor of God and our knowledge of it may have carried us thus far, but I wonder, does God want to give us a new revelation on the armor of God and how to use it in the days ahead? We are facing intense battles in the spiritual realm, and we have to learn how to activate the body of Christ, or the armor of God in the body of Christ in a new way. Uh, And so I want to just dive into this today, and I pray that we'll get some fresh revelation from it. So Ephesians 6, beginning in verse 10, it says, Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes, schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. For this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day, having prepared everything to take your stand. Stand, therefore, with truth like a belt around your waist righteousness like armor on your chest and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace and every situation take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with all the perseverance and intercession for all the saints And then Paul begins to end this talking about boldness, praying for boldness. Now, 
Paul wrote this while he was in prison. So think about this, like what would be your last message that you wanted to share with someone if you were in prison, not knowing if you may be living in the next moments, in the next hours, or the next days. This was very important for Paul to share this message with us because of his great love for Jesus Christ and for the saints, for us. Now, I want to back up to chapter 1 because Paul starts this chapter out talking about who we are. Now, let me tell you something, friends. Before we can move into that armor of God and understand how to activate it and use it in the spiritual realm, we have to understand who we are. So Paul opens up the treasure box here and he begins to tell us who we are, that we would know this and understand who we are, our identity in Christ, so that we can be more powerful using that armor of God. And so he tells us in chapter 1 that we are holy, we are adopted, we are accepted, we have wisdom, we have been redeemed, we have been forgiven, we have citizenship, we have inheritance, we have life, we have grace, we have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about that more later. We are blameless. And then he goes on a little bit further down and begins to talk about who Jesus Christ is. He, meaning God, exercised this power in Christ by raising him from the dead and seating him at his right hand in the heavens, far above every ruler and every authority, every power and dominion. Hold right there. We just read in chapter 6 that we were not battling against flesh and blood, that we were battling against demonic evil spirits, right, that have power and authority, but not greater authority than what we have. What does this say right here? Far above every ruler and authority, power and dominion, every title given, not only in this age, not only in this age, but also in the one to come talking about Jesus Christ here. And who are we? Well, God just told us who we were in his word. He just, I just gave you a list of the treasure box. Everything he says that we are, we are co-heirs with Jesus Christ. And if Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of the father, my sweet friends, so are we, even though we are still planted here on this earth. In the spiritual realm, we're still seated there and we still have been given all authority too because we are co-heirs with Christ and he lives in us. He sent the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, when he ascended to heaven. So he is seated. He is seated, seated in us, in our heart. His presence is there. His authority is there, and we need to awaken to it. We walk around as Christians defeated and discouraged because we have not come into the full awareness of who we are in Christ. So it says right here that he is subjected everything. He, meaning God, has subjected everything under Jesus's feet and has appointed him as head over everything for the church. Who is the church? We are the church, which is his body. Who's the body? We are the body, the fullness of the one who fills all things in every way. And it goes on to say about God's character. It defines his person, his promise, his power, his position. We have to understand these truths. We need to sit and read this and soak in this, write it down over and over. You have to come into the realization of who you are because in the Garden of Eden, there was a fake identity. Uh, there was an identity crisis there. And there was a fake covering, a fake identity that was put on Eve that where sin entered into this world and it's been passed down to all of us. And, and, and right here, Paul is trying to break that off. We have to rip those lies off that entered into our mind 
and then made its way to our heart, we have to rip that away, have to uproot it and get rid of it. And we have to come into the realization of who we truly are. And I just told you who you are. Now let's take that truth and let's go back to chapter six, where it tells us that we do not battle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness against evil and these evil spiritual forces. Now we're talking about demonic forces here, okay? Let there be no confusion there. We're talking about demonic spiritual forces battles is what we're talking about, okay? And you and I are not walking around with a, you know, big, huge helmet of salvation on our head or a big old belt around our waist or a big shield in our hand. These are spiritual things. We are talking about spiritual things here. Now, our mouth is a trumpet. Our mouth decrees things. That's why the enemy wants to shut our mouth. That's why we've experienced COVID and so many other things. He wants to shut our mouth. He wants to keep us discouraged and defeated. He wants to keep us blind to who we are in Christ. But I hope that I am waking you up, if just even a little bit, to who you are and that you have the power and authority in your words to speak out and decree over your life. So every spiritual battle that you face, you can command it. You can speak to it and expose it and command it. Now, speaking of exposing, let's turn back to chapter 5. I want to read verse 11. It says, Don't participate in the fruitless works of darkness, but instead expose them. Now, we have to be careful because things that we uh, listen to, look at, read, participate in, even people that we may spend time with, if anything is fruitless and it's work, works of darkness, we do not need to participate in those things. What we need to do is expose those things. We need to expose them. And how do we expose them? With our mouth. We begin to speak to them and expose them and call them out. And so that's what I want you to begin to do. It says in verse 12, for it is shameful even to mention what is done by them in secret. Everything exposed by the light is made visible for what makes everything visible is light. Therefore, it is said, get up sleeper and rise up from the dead and Christ will shine on you. So what are you experiencing today? What can you define in your life is a battle? Let's just give an example. Is it spirit of fear? Many times we face fear in many different ways, shapes and forms, the different seasons of our life. And this is just one example of many. But let's just say it's spirit of fear. How can you speak to that spirit of fear, that battle? Okay, first of all, we're going to name it. We just named it, spirit of fear. We're going to expose it. Spirit of fear, you are trying to attack me and, and create a stronghold in my life. And I command you right now in the mighty name of Jesus, I bind you up. Because what did Jesus say? In Matthew, he says that he has given us the kingdom, the keys to the kingdom of heaven to bind and loose. That means that these things that come against us in the spiritual realm, we can bind them. We can bind them. So we can say, spirit of fear, I bind you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And bind it and put it under your feet. Because what did it tell us? Let's go back. What did it tell us in Ephesians chapter 1? He has subjected everything under his feet. And if Christ lives in you, so can you. So you bind it in the name of Jesus and you put it under your feet. I command you and take authority over you in the name of Jesus that you have to go. Okay, 
spirit of fear, you have to go. Okay, now it's gone, and now you say, Father God, thank you that you are filling that space where that spirit of fear once lived. You are filling that space with spirit of peace. Thank you, Father. The spirit of peace and the comforter now resides in me. That's who you are in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, and thank the Lord for what he's done. So that's how you do it. Okay, so I'm giving you three things here for these battles. Here's three ways to overcome your battles. Expose whatever it is and call it out by name. Number one. And then number two, take authority over it by commanding its departure. And then number three, draw close to the Lord and be filled with his presence and ask him to fill you up with his goodness. Those are the three things that you need to do. And it could be many things. You have to ask the Lord. You define what your battle is. What is that spirit that's coming against you? You name it and define it and you call it out. You take authority over it. You put it under your feet. You bind it. And then what do you do? Hit, hit, repeat, repeat, repeat. Listen, just because you don't feel like you might be set free doesn't mean that you're not. Just because you might not feel like you're healed doesn't mean that you're not. So you don't let your feelings lead you. Truth, word of God, has to lead you. So you just keep saying it and doing it and decreeing it and you hit repeat over and over and over again. And your feelings will catch up. Don't worry about your feelings. You are walking in the power of truth. Our mouth is, whew, our very salvation depends on our mouth, our words. We have to confess. He says, confess with your mouth. Do you understand the power and authority that your voice has, your mouth? That's why the enemy wants to stifle it and cover it. That's why COVID came out, covering our mouth. He wants to keep us quiet. He doesn't want us to decree God's truth. Jesus fought him and overcame him. Every temptation with the word of God, with his mouth. He said, it is written. Okay, go to James chapter 4, 7 and 8. Okay, therefore submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So there it is right there tells you to submit to God. So sometimes there may be things that we need to confess of. So when we want to be set free from things that might be demonically oppressing us, okay, we still have to come in alignment with the Lord. So he calls us to surrender and confess and submit to him. We have to become vulnerable to the Lord and be willing to allow him to do the work that he wants to do in us. So we submit ourselves to God. We confess if we need to. We resist the devil. That means we stop doing the things that we were doing before we stop playing games with the devil, we're not in his playground anymore. We're in the heavenly playground. And then we flee from it. And it says when we do that, when we submit to God, when we align with God, when we resist the devil in the name of Jesus, he will flee from us. He has to. He has to. And then it says draw near to God. As we draw near to God, as we sit in his presence, as we read his word, as we pray, because those are all ways that we can draw near to God. He draws near to us. And as we draw near to God and he draws, draws near to us, the devil flees. He has to because darkness cannot be where there is light. Get it? So it's that simple. It is that simple. It is not a complicated thing. We complicate it. We have complicated so much in the Christian walk and everything was meant to be simple. And again, 
you may not feel like you've overcome the battle and just a moment of saying, okay, God, I resist the devil and I draw close to you and he will flee. You might read a couple of scriptures and may not feel like you've really overcome it, but you have in the spiritual realm. Remember, we walk by faith, not by sight. There are so many things that we cannot see unless the Lord allows us to see, but you have to believe. You have to believe. And so I, right now I need to pray for a spirit of unbelief because a lot of people walk in a spirit of unbelief. And listen, I'm testifying because I was one of them. And the Lord got a hold of me and he said, Jeannie, you cannot walk around in this spirit of belief, unbelief anymore. You have to believe if you want to see my signs and wonders, if you want to see my miracles, if you want to walk in the glory, my glory, if you want to experience my glory, you have to and experience my anointing. You have to believe. You have to believe that my word is true and it means today the same thing that it meant then when it was written. You have to believe. And so we have to believe. So spirit of unbelief, we just bind you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. You have to go. We bind you, put you under our feet. And we ask, Lord, instead that we would be filled with a spirit of belief. Fill us with a spirit of belief. And we just claim the word believe over our lives that we will believe all of the things that you say, Lord. We will believe that it was. it's for us. The good things in your word is for us. We believe that you're going to take us into our promised land. We believe that we're going to see signs and wonders even in our own lives. We believe, we believe. Okay, so the armor that God gives us to protect us against Satan's attacks is the armor that Christ already wore in the decisive battle on our behalf. He chose this battle on our behalf. In other words, we now fight and stand firm against our spiritual enemy, relying upon the strength that comes already from the victory that Christ has already won for us. That's why it says in the first verse, 10, verse 10, finally be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength, because it was his strength that already overcome everything for us on the cross, right? Now, let's talk about how does prayer activate the armor of God? Because in the closing passages there on the armor of God under Christian warfare, now it says, it ends at, Paul says more than one time about prayer. He says, pray at all times in the spirit. In the what? Not in the flesh. In the spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for the saints. Pray also for me. He asked that we would pray for boldness. Okay, boldness for him, boldness for us today. But prayer is what activates all the other armor, all the spiritual battle. We can overcome every spiritual battle through prayer. And how do we pray? Again, with our mouth, with our words. So when we embody each part of the armor and remain connected to God through prayer and through our words and our voice, we can be prepared to fight every battle that comes our way. We can expect to win and have victory over every battle that comes our way. Right? It's important to understand that God alone can bring victory. So when we face trials, we can rely on his strength. It's not our strength. It's never ours. It's his and his words. It's his words. He's told us how to pray 
He's taught us how to speak to the enemy. He's given us all tools, the kingdom, the keys of the kingdom of God to bind and loose. He's given us all spiritual blessings, all spiritual authority. He's given, I mean, he's given us everything we need already. We don't have to ask him for any more. He's already given us everything that we need. Listen, spiritual attacks are going to be increasing in the days ahead. They are going to be increasing. Demonic oppressions, demonic attacks, these spiritual battles, they're going to be rampant in the days ahead. And we got to know now. We got to learn now. We can't be sitting asleep at the wheel. We got to know that we know that we can walk around our home and we can decree God's word and we can take authority over anything trying to attack our children, trying to attack our marriage, trying to attack us, family members, friends, whatever it may be. We can come against a vision in the body of Christ. We can tear down strongholds. We can do all of these things with our mouth. We can decree God's word and we can pray and intercede in the spirit and we can take authority over all of these things. We don't have to notify the prayer chain to pray over what's going on in our home, although that's great. We can do that too, but we can take authority over it ourselves and we can fight that. Okay, well, I've given you some homework. I want you to identify your battle, that thing that you need to bind. I've given you three ways to overcome it. One, two, three, and then hit repeat, repeat. Let me hear about it. Drop your testimony of it. Share what you're overcoming in battle in the podcast community group. I love to hear from you all there, and I hope you have a wonderful week. I love you bunches, and remember, live life abundantly. If you like Mommy's show, leave a review. Hey, before you go, if this podcast has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to leave a review and subscribe to the Shattered and the Beautiful show. Next, hop on over to the Shattered and the Beautiful private Facebook group where you will find a network of friends with daily inspiration. You can reach me at JeannieScottSmith.com. And lastly, please share the episode or review in your social and tag me at Smith Evangelistic Ministries. I cannot wait to meet with you again. Stay tuned for more life-giving podcasts coming your way. Music